Yo, 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 people of the internets, of the interwebs, of all the I's and O's, the ins and outs, the binaries, all of that stuff. Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. I am Jacques Slade. Uh, it's spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, by the way, not J-O-C-K. Uh, I'm not French, uh, but my name is... And I think that makes me fancy. So I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, but obviously, you guys didn't come to this show to hear me talk about my name as fantastic as it as it is. Uh, let's, just, let's just say it that way. Uh, really, there's two other people that really make this show. Uh, I, am, I am the bad influence. I am the reason you come to the party and... These two other people are the reason you stay safe at the party and you make it home safely. Uh, that is <laughs> Tiffany and Nick. Nick, go ahead and tell them who you are. Uh, Nick Engvall. I've worked in the footwear business for about uh, a decade or so. And uh, I'm not French either. I'm actually uh, mostly Swedish. Um, if you're ever on Jeopardy and need, need that fact for some reason. But, um, you know, I think, I think Jacques just... <laughs> I think Jacques just being modest, uh, but I do I do think that you know we both we both kind of just look up to Tiffany and are here to learn from from her. So Tiffany, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Tiffany Beers. I am also not French, <laughs> but my husband is. Oh, so that's cool. <laughs> I, so yeah, no, these two are so modest. I mean, I'm just here to laugh. To talk and laugh about shoes. I mean, it's so great. I, I love, I love it when Tiffany plays so modest and she's so <laughs> humble. Oh, it's so, it, it's adorable. It's adorable. Like we all know the truth. Oh yeah. But she's just like, no, I'm just Tiffany Beers. I just do some of the most amazing things you've ever seen. But you know, all right. I put my pants on the same way you do, Jacques. That that is that is true. <laughs> That is absolutely true. I mean, I think so. I don't know that for sure, but I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, one leg at a time. <laughs> it's a, one leg at a time. One leg at a time. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And uh, today we're actually going to kick stuff, uh, kick the show off with some, I would say, advice. Uh, you guys have been writing in, asking us questions. Um, about the industry, about social media, about sneakers and things like that. And we have a really good question today from the Instagrams from Soulworks underscore. Hopefully you're comfortable with us sharing your name. But Soulworks wants to know uh, how we handle the multiple hats we wear on a daily basis. Uh, so he wants to know any tips for managing work, hobbies, relationships, family, social media, and the million other things that you all do effectively. Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and jump in and lead this off. So, SoulWorks, here's the thing. Um, you can't have a family if you want to manage things effectively. <laughs> so you have to first, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, leave the family, and that'll free up a lot of your time. The, uh, the family... Uh, as, as important as they may seem, what really what they're doing is they're holding you back. Um, really, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for you in this world of social media and work and your hobbies and all those other things that you have to do. Like without the family, it really makes things so much easier. Like you just have to, you've kind of got to step away. Um, 
I mean, again, that's just my perspective. But uh, you know, I'll toss this to Tiffany and Nick and see. I mean, they. What do you What do you guys think? Is you know, how would you How would you guide Soulworks? You're up, Nick. I need a oh, man. Go. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to disagree with Jacques on this one. Uh, I, I think I think you got to have the counterbalance of family and you know um, all the chaos of the world, but. Um, I mean, for me, the, 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 like, just right off the top, the best tool that I've ever used that I use right now is called Evernote. Um, I've used it for probably, man, five or six years, and it's just something that I take notes in, save files in, throw things into when I, wanna, when I know that I want to come back to them. Like, I am trying to make a habit of, like, I'm, I'm always thinking ideas, and, you know, if, if you're close to me, you probably have gotten a random text at, you know, a r- absurd time of like some crazy idea that um, just came to me and I was like, I had to share it with somebody. So for me, like that kind of has become the place that I put that stuff and it helps me stay connected. I can access it remotely from wherever, um, you know, like whether it's on my phone or my laptop or logged in someplace else if I had to. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. But I actually think like, you know, like if you, if you're, if you're like, I, I'm, I try to be very clear with people about how I communicate to them um, or where I communicate to them. Because a lot of times what, what happens is like, I'll miss conversations across, let's say Instagram DMs or Twitter DMs because I'd rather have that conversation through a text message or maybe through an email where I, I can, you know, be more regularly on on it and accessible to people. Um, so that's kind of like the, the, the main thing. Um, and then the last thing, uh, this probably makes some people completely uncomfortable, but I listen to podcasts at like two to three times speed. Like I feel like I'm plugged into the matrix. So <laughs> if you get in the car and I'm, if you know, if you hop in the car with me and I've been listening to a podcast, it sounds like, you know, the micro machine man from back in the day where you wouldn't be able to understand it. But I somehow am able to like, like ramp my way up to that speed and it just helps me consume things. And I listen to a lot of stuff on organizing myself, performing, you know, better about, you know, be more efficient with my time with whatever I'm doing. So that's kind of something that I would look into is like not necessarily jumping into like full speed podcasts, but like podcasts in general, like there can be a lot of stuff where you can take information and apply it to your everyday life. Um, you know, one step at a time kind of thing. But how about you, Tiffany? Any, any good suggestions other than ditching your family? Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with Jacques, I will say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have kind of a low-maintenance family. I just have a dog and a husband. I, I don't have little ones or anything like that. I'm sure my perspective would be much different had I did but um you know like i guess i just try and do the best i can every day you know balancing all these wearing all these different hats if i use that analogy correctly i don't really like hats so um i i sort of feel like i'm i kind of feel like i'm not doing a good job at it but after a while you just start to do the best you can right and and some days you get some and some days you don't like look at my studio it's not done. Right. It's not even close. This is I'm in front of my fireplace. So <laughs> it's, 
you know, it's like I wish that would have been done in time for the, the, the podcast, you know. So you just you just do the best you can. And instead of being stressed out about it all, I, I just make sure the energy I share with other people is good and positive, you know, because you can easily get overwhelmed, you know, yeah. like, for example, I haven't taped a YouTube video since November. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I haven't posted. And believe me, I think every single day I am losing viewers. I am losing building my brand and all that stuff. But at the same time, I don't have the mind space. So when I do, when I come back, it'll be great. But you know what? I'm taking a break for now. So um, yeah, I just try and do the best I can and try and include my family as much as I can, which is different than Jacques. <laughs> I also tried <laughs> listening. <laughs> I tried to listen to podcasts because Nick said he listens to them at like two times speed or five <laughs> times speed, whatever. I tried. I could not go more than one and a quarter. I was just like, what are they saying? I got, I'm so far behind. I'm stuck on the words. From, I was lost. So I don't recommend moving up fast on the podcast. But it is a good way to absorb information and, and uh get some learning and knowledge in there. So I, I, I do like that. So yeah. it's, it's all about perspective and, and how you go. I mean, Jacques, you do, you do wear a lot of hat. I mean, you're so crazy busy, yeah. man. I don't know if you can tell us any other tips. I mean, the family one was great, but. <laughs> but uh, all right, in all, but in, in all seriousness, um, I think it really comes down to really managing your time and making sure you take time away. Um, I think a lot of time we we put a lot of focus on making sure we're available all the time for like those extracurricular things for the social media or for making sure we're on, you know, our hobbies and all those things. What it really comes down to for me is I really kind of I try my best to schedule things out. I don't always stay true to that schedule and I, I rarely stay true to that schedule, to be honest. But the fact that I have one set up, sort of set up in my head and I'm, I'm pushing towards getting that, that's where I, um, I, I, I earn the small wins every day. Yeah. So, you know, for me, social media is my job. So I'm on social media a lot. But I also know that sometimes I get on social media and I start messing around and just reading and looking at all sorts of things that have nothing to do with literally what I'm doing. And I have to catch myself and kind of pull myself back and being like, hey, Stop just scrolling through Instagram. Why are you scrolling through Instagram? There's nothing here for you. Find something productive to do. And it's a matter of really, really um, self-managing yourself and, and finding the time to, to make sure you can, you can step away. We don't have to be on social media all the time, although it, it seems like that and it seems like everyone's always connected. Everyone's not always connected. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about stepping away. Don't worry about you weren't signed on for a day. Like everything's going to be okay. Social media is still going to be there. Um, we're, you know, I, I think we feel like we need to be there all the time because we always want to comment. We always want to have something to say, or we just want to watch, or we just want to be caught up on things. But you can get caught up later. And usually, when you get caught up later, it's it's probably way more effective um, if, as far as the information that you're getting than when you just you're constantly attached to it. And as far as your hobbies and all those things, again, it's just really making the time. At the end of the day, um, despite all my jokes at the start, um, your family is kind of what keeps you grounded and kind of helps you get away and disconnect from all of those things. Um, you kind of treat them as your happy place, your place of peace. 
um, your place away and the place where you can just be free and not stressed and not worry about work and all that stuff. So, you know, I would say definitely make time for them. Um, they all, there's that saying, you know, presence over presence. I mean, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather you be there with your family than you work hard and you can buy them, you know, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Uh, I think at the end of the day, they'd rather you be there with them. So, as you know, at the end of the day, just take the time away and don't feel like you're beholden to those things. The only thing you're beholden to is your family and everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. I I just want to add like a couple things to that because you hit on some points that are really important. One one thing that I think people, especially when it comes to social media, the information will make its way to you that needs to make it to you. Like you don't have to know everything in the world that's going on every second of the day. And I think that's a hard thing for people to understand because we're kind of programmed by social media to stay connected and stay looped in. But that's a part of, you know, what I would say the system of like looping you in and having you spend more time on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Reddit or whatever that is for you. And it's totally okay to not pay attention to stuff all the time. And the important stuff will be repeated so many times that it will make its way to you. And something that like, you know, I kind of, you know, got inspired by you, Jacques, and you're running, you know, I've been running, you know, since the start of the year. And um, one of the toughest things for me is to not hold myself, not, not, you know, like hold it against myself if I need to take a day off. And, you know, that's a really tough thing for me because I have ridiculously high standards for myself and it keeps me from doing things in a lot of ways. So I would suggest, you know, looking at the bigger picture and saying, like, if if your goal is to eventually, you know, have whatever it is, you know, run a marathon, uh, have a million subscribers on YouTube, like none of that stuff happens overnight and none of it has to happen continuously every day or every hour of every day for for the next two, five years, whatever that is to get you there you can take a day off here and there because it's going to be better for you in the long run. And I think that's really important to recognize that the time away from it, a lot of times makes you more motivated to move forward in a lot of ways. That's it. Off the soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's one of those things is I feel like we've all been programmed that like we, in order to be successful, we need to be Kobe. Yeah. And everyone that's successful isn't Kobe and Kobe (laughs) isn't everyone that's successful. Um, and I'll kind of leave it, leave it at that. Yep. Um, but switching gears here for a minute, uh, because something really cool uh, came out um, in the form of hiking boots. Uh, we often talk about sneakers here, but something really cool came out with hiking boots. And it's uh, they're basically hiking boots made of graphene. Now, uh, I have very limited understanding of what graphene is and what it does. I just know that it's something really cool. I know that it's an atom thick, and I know it's super strong and super light. But that's about the extent of my knowledge of it. So uh, what I'm going to do is refer you guys to someone who knows way more about this than I do. Um, Tiffany, can you can you bless us, please? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot from graphene and, you know, it's the latest super material, lightweight, super strong, super small. Um, it it kind of is one of the dream materials and it was invented, you know, not super long ago. So, um, so in this particular application, right, so it's strong, it's small, it's lightweight. Right. So in this particular application, they put it in boots, right? And so they put it in the rubber 
to make it super durable and super lightweight. Mm. Now, I haven't tried these and I've been on an environmental kick lately. So to me, I have to ask the question, like if it makes it 50% more durable, like Mm. will it ever biodegrade? Is it an environmental problem actually? Or are people actually gonna use it for the entire duration that it is? So you kind of, with these super materials, you get both sides. Like they have great properties, but at the same time, some some things that are perceived as great maybe aren't so great for some other things. So so my, my question to you then, Tiffany, is is it is it better to is it better to have this material like graphene that obviously makes the shoes lighter and makes them more durable? But it sounds like your concern is that by the time the rubber does wear down, like you've already trashed the upper and you've gotten rid of these shoes. Is yeah, exactly. Where's the where's the I guess in your mind, where's the balance for that? You know, it's it's it takes a lot of study, you know. So for in basketball, for example, right with the Kobe's, they kept going lighter weight, lighter weight, lighter weight. And you got to a point where you got so lightweight that you started to impact durability. So instead of being lightweight, it started to turn into the right weight. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of along those lines, like you need the right durability for the entire product Mm -hmm. so that it all kind of falls apart at the same time, if you will. And so that the consumer knows to like get rid of it. Now, it was different with soles of shoes, right? If the rubber wears off, you can get it resold. You can go to a, a shoe cobbler, they're still around, and you can get more rubber put on the bottom of your shoe. But if the upper is gone, if the upper has holes, you might be able to do some patching, but I mean, mm. there's blisters come to mind with however you would apply those patches. But when the upper wears out, you're kind of done. There's there's not much um, that you can do at that point. So I think it's all about understanding when your upper's gonna wear out and when your sole's gonna wear out. But clearly, you know, the folks coming out with these graphene boots, I mean, they're just super happy to get graphene into rubber, into shoes, which is, a don't get me wrong, is a huge advancement in materials. Huge. I, uh, so I have a question for you, Tiffany. I, I can't remember where, but I know that I read that graphene was somehow going to be used in the automotive world. It made me think when you were saying that about like the the time that it takes to wear down. How does that... Well, we obviously don't know exactly, but um, how, how does something like carbon fiber wear down? Because that's something I think that... like our listeners would have uh, a, you know, a kind of um, experience with through certain shoes anyway, so they might understand that a little bit better. Yeah, so for carbon fibers, a little bit different. It's still a light, and you know, I'm not a materials expert by any means, so I'm just sharing what I know. There's people that could share a zillion more information on this stuff, mm-hmm. and we should have them on the show at some point. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, like, Carbon fiber, it's all about the geometry, but it's a lightweight strength to ratio material, but it's all about geometry. So if you just took basically a molded flat piece of carbon fiber, you could easily, you know, think of, think of fiberglass. Mm -hmm. It's not that far off of that. It depends on the weave and things like that. But as soon as you crack it, it's, it's done. It's, it's done. It's lost its properties, right? So it's all about maintaining that original strength of it. So in cars, for example, if you have a carbon fiber hood and you get into an accident, that carbon fiber hood is done. It's not going to save you from that accident. The carbon fiber hood is going to make you go faster because it's lightweight um, covering. So in in carbon and used in shoes, so a lot of shank plates or midfoot plates in basketball shoes, 
used to be carbon fiber. Now they're mostly plastics because the plastics are um, better pricing and you can do more with the shaping and things like that. But some are still carbon fiber. Like on the Air Jordan 29, I worked on that and that was a carbon fiber plate mm. still. Okay. And it was all about the geometry to get the amount of transition and a, amount of torsion control, right? So we added curvature into it to get the torsion control in there. But if we would have just put a flat piece of carbon fiber, it wouldn't have worked near as well. Carbon fiber also gives a little bit of energy return, mm -hmm. right? But in car, in a car as a hood or uh, maybe in a bike as a bike frame, you're not really looking for the energy return. You're looking for the lightweight strength so that you can go right. faster. So it's all about the application of it. Just like this graphene in the shoes, we saw a graphene jacket a few months yeah, back, I, right? I, yeah, yeah. Actually, Jacques, did you get I, that? I bought one. No, no. <laughs> I got one. What What do you think? It's did awesome. You try yeah, it? I mean, it's 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 absolutely super lightweight, and it's um, it's hard to explain, but it it feels like you you know you you know like those just ridiculously light windbreakers that are almost like rolled up, given away like almost like poncho like thickness, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It yeah, feels yeah. a lot like that, but it's it stretches and it's it. I mean, I could literally probably. I don't. I, there's no way I could tear it that I could find a way to do that. But like, you can pull on it and the material stretches like quite a bit. Um, but I, I think. I mean, it obviously like we. You both just hyped hyped it up so much. I just got excited and I was like, I need to get this. This is way too cool. Um, but it, it seems like something that. Uh, you know, f after after buying the jacket and like thinking about how I would like to see it in so many other things, that it's got me excited about it. You know, I've been looking at this kind of stuff coming out. You know, ever since we talked about it. So, um, were there warm like w warming properties about that jacket? Wasn't there something about it would keep you? Warm? Yeah, um, it, it definitely does. It's not. It's it's hard to say. Obviously, I'm in LA, so. I think last night was the coldest night we've had. It dropped down to 40 degrees for the first time. But, um, oh, yeah, God. exactly. So, <laughs> um, but I, I do notice, like, um, I like, I, I ran in it a couple times just because I like that it's, that it's so flexible and so light. Um, you know, I don't know that, like, the, the water resistant properties of it are quite what I was hoping for because I, I was running in the rain on those days. But, um, it's definitely intriguing to me after getting it, uh, you know, it makes me just want to see more and, and like experience more. But I would say that it's, it's, it feels like one of those really lightweight, you know, like entry level windbreaker type things, but then it ends up like, like being warmer, like something that has a little bit of thickness to it. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit we'll see from graphene. Things will be lighter weight and they'll be thinner because it's so strong and, and small, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some interesting conductive properties of graphene, and, and we should talk about that in another episode. Yes, oh, definitely. Not, yes. Now we're digging into some stuff. <laughs> this is what I like. This is what I like. This is what I like to hear. Um, but not to make the whole show about graphene, uh, switching over to just like the tech in footwear in general, and there's a company called Zortech that's doing some pretty uh, cool stuff when it comes to tech. Uh, they have things like what they call Digit Soul. They have a Warm Series. They have Safety Shoes. They have M-Cube. 
and they have these, there are these all these things that are that have technology that are tied to sneakers, whether it's apps that track how you run and how fast that you've gone, or uh, there's Zortex smart heating, which are warm insoles that connect through a dedicated app to a smartphone, which is just insane to me and they have temperatures get this of 86 degrees to 113 degrees and they have a built-in thermostat uh whatever there's the the safety shoes uh let me see uh zortec analyzes workplace activity and monitors distance stairs calories motion static ratio one walk ratio to adapt and optimize movement increase efficiency and promote safety in the workplace 3d foot pattern measures pronation to supplementation so basically there's this this sector of the footwear industry that is really pushing the the tech angle and using technology to find a way to make shoes better and this is like we we have obviously the adapt bb and the things that nike is talking about doing with that but it the the potential it seems like there's a lot more potential for connectivity or smart shoes then i think we we all really realize um this warm series thing is just uh, uh, amazing to me i can just imagine someone that's going hiking and if they're hiking in the snow or you get trapped in the snow and you have these warming insoles like that could save your feet from frostbite or or you know or whatever just keep you warm for, to keep you from frostbite like that's that just kind of just like blows my mind it's not something you necessarily think about when it comes to to smart tech you think about oh are these shoes going to make me fly are they going to make me run faster but there's like a, a safety and almost like a utility approach to to these to this smart tech which is, is just really interesting to me and the fact that they're analyzing like your stride in 3d when you're running or like this safety where they have they're tracking where you're moving around on a work site to find out like how safe is it here how safe is it there where where are things going wrong where are you running like all of those sort of things that's just that's pretty amazing to me and maybe you know i'm just over the moon here just because i'm a tech nerd but seeing those sort of like utility aspects to the um to the footwear industry is is seems really exciting to me to be honest um am, am i am i way off here guys or am i you know what's um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i agree it's super exciting um you know i saw these guys at ces a few years ago um and i saw their um i think it was their adaptive insole or they, they were naming it a little bit differently i think in the time but um they had some really interesting technology and i think it reminds me of kind of when heart rate monitors came out, right? The, the first heart rate monitors came out, like everyone was super excited about it. Like I can wear it on my wrist. I can wear it as a ring. Like I'm going to know what my heart rate is. Everyone was really into it, but it was all about the accuracy, right? Because right. it was like, well, it's not accurate. So drop it, you know? And so, mm. so I think these guys are approaching it from a really interesting, you know, workplace safety and kind of a safety thing, which I think is really smart. The question is, how accurate is it? How, how good is it? How, how is it going to help me? You know, the last thing we want to watch is another um, or have to check another set of data to know how our health is or, or mm. something like that. I mean, me personally, I love it and I am checking it. I use Apple Health mm-hmm. all the time and I'm constantly have apps feeding it constantly. But I think for a lot of people, it's like, you know, if, if you're going to 
monitor me from a health and safety at workplace? Is my workplace monitoring me? Is this more of like a big brother situation or mm. is this like truly gonna help me? So uh, as interesting as it is, I think it's all about the application. And they mentioned uh, several apps that they have and I haven't checked them out yet, but it's, it's all about how useful is it and how can it be seamlessly integrated in my life and make my life better and easier um, versus you know, just being, you know, anything that's just like exciting at first and then it'll, it'll, it'll fade away. But I mean, I think based on what we heard from the adapt BB, they're going down the same path, right? They're talking about the future of being able to provide you data and these measurements and things. So yeah, that's, that's, I think it's interesting. I, I, I think, you know, just reading through it, like, so part of the struggle for me in this whole new running in my life for the last month and a half or so is the last I don't know maybe like four or five days I've been getting shin splints and um, just like pain in my lower leg so I've kind of like stepped back away and now I'm on an elliptical and a bike at the gym instead of running but like one thing that's interesting about this is that it says three it, it can take 3d foot patterns to measure pronation supination identifying correcting bad posture that to me is really fascinating because I can be conscious of it running to a certain extent, but a lot of times, you know, you just get in the zone and you're going, um, and you're not thinking about specifically changing the way your, your stride is, the way your landing point is. And I also don't think that that's necessarily, you know, me being new back into running, I think that's something that's probably not something I should be trying to do on my own, but given something like this, that could actually help kind of define it when it's happening, when I need to be paying more attention or if I'm, you know, off and like, oh, you've been doing this or you, you changed something and, and we see that this could potentially be a problem to cause, you know, more pain or more shin splints, you know, the, down the road, that could be really, really useful. And I, I, I totally agree with Tiffany that like there's, there's a certain element of all of these cool things that are coming out that you have to wonder about like the big brother aspect of it, right? Cause you know, we have all these devices that are constantly listening. And I think that in general, a huge majority of them are doing things for the better and making our lives better and improving our lives and, you know, making us more efficient. But there's some level of doubt for all of us, at least in my opinion, to, you know, whether or not these, apps need to have access to everything that we do in life so what shoes are you wearing nick when you're uh, sorry pegasus 35s <laughs> okay. yeah i uh I, I i'll probably i'll probably go a few more days before i start again and i'm probably going to switch to the turbo pegasus turbo just because i haven't uh, other than the first you know week or two that i got them i, I haven't run in those consistently so i'm kind of curious to get back to that, I, they became like a default, like I'm just going to wear these on a regular basis shoe. And I, I never, I, this was before I started back into running. So, yeah, I've been running in the, uh, in the hovers and they have the Bluetooth connection to map my run. And it gives you information on like your stride and like the length of your stride and how many steps you're taking Interesting. per minute and all, and all of that sort of information. And I've, I've been starting to notice that like in those points where I was tired, 
how much my stride changes and how many steps the steps per minute changes. Um, so that's kind of helped me. Um, and also I would say, you know, maybe just try different shoes, mm-hmm. um, to see what works best for you. Um, cause you know, everyone's foot is shaped differently. Everyone's pronation is different. So I would say just kind of, you know, maybe go through a couple of different pairs of shoes and see which one works best for you. And, um, maybe, um, look at one of those apps that helps do like with your running posture and that could do it as well. Um, I know that's something that helped me. Um, I worked with a coach when I was preparing for the marathon and I was landing on my heels when I ran mm-hmm. and uh, he coached me through, you know, landing more towards the ball of my foot when I, when I run. And um, it hurt for a little while at first because my calves were on fire. Yeah. But once I got <laughs> used to it, um, definitely made more, me a more efficient runner. So just something, you know, just putting that out there just in case. And for those that are listening that run, you know, there's some opportunities. If you're having shin splints, maybe just try different shoes and all those sorts of things. But yeah, putting that out there. That's interesting because that's like Map My Fitness, right? They've come a long way in providing data and getting more accurate and everything like that. Um, It's like, um, I don't know if you guys have ever used auto sleep, but um, it kind of tracks your sleep. And it now has a new feature on it. And Jacques, I don't. Do you pay attention to your heart rate, your variable heart rate, or your um, uh, waking, resting heart rate at all? No, for I, your runs. I've I've been I do it like I, I have the the app set to do it, but for some reason I don't know if my Apple Watch is broken or my watch isn't tight enough. But I never it never tracks that data. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I just got it working. It's kind of like Nick. I started running about a month ago uh, again. And so nice. the three of us should go on a run. Hello, yeah. podcast on the run. <laughs> Hello. Short run. Hello. Short run. Hello. <laughs> but I started using this app and it, it tells you your readiness basically in the morning. So like when you're, when you're five stars and it's green, you can do more of a workout that day and your, your body will recover faster. But like if you're red and you have no stars, you shouldn't like don't push it. Ah. Um, and so I've kind of been following that because I know when I worked with some athletes, when I was at Nike that they trained that way, like that's how they train. Like you, your body needs to recover certain times. Like if you're getting sick and things like that, it needs more time to recover and they use heart rate and variable heart rate to measure these things. So I've been fascinating kind of watching this and following it. And so that might be something to watch too, Nick and, and see, your body is amazing at telling you when it's ready and when it's not and when it likes something and when it doesn't. And um, there's a lot of push through the pain in running, which is absolutely like you, you got to push you like yeah. mental strength yep. yeah. is so huge. But at the same time, you know, if you're having serious pain, it's, it's time to yep. stop, you know? And so um, I think this is really where tools are going to help us in the future as they evolve and come together. Like, you can just imagine in another five years, you're, you're never going to have to question again. There will be an app that tells you exactly what to do, what shoe to wear, how right. to have your posture, and yep. you're happy. You're happy running. Everyone loves running again, you know, yeah. I hope. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe I just need to tighten my watch up a little bit. Maybe I wear it too loose, and that's why it doesn't capture it. Or, I don't know, maybe I sweat too much. I don't know what it is. But when I, when I, no, seriously, when I run, it doesn't, I, I don't, like it'll, it'll capture my heart rate during the day and all of that. But 
like when I go for a run, like it never, it doesn't seem to be able to capture that. And maybe that's just something's wrong with me. Maybe I don't have a heartbeat. Maybe I'm dead. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? You're probably running so fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, what yeah. That, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, tech and shoes and technology in general, uh, we've been talking a lot about the Adapt BB, but uh, our friends over at Puma, uh, they have a little something as well. And theirs is called the Puma. I'm going to say it's Puma Phi. Um, it's part of the Puma Fit Intelligence System, and it's their self-lacing shoes. And they've taken a, a slightly different approach to it. So their shoe is not going to be available until 2020. Um, although they're sending it to like technology people to preview it. And actually, there's a beta program as well. So if you are tech inclined, um, there's something for you there. Pricing for the shoes is going to be $330, which is obviously $20 cheaper <laughs> than the Adapt BB. But the, these are not slated to come out for another year. And, you know, it's just barely February of 2019 so these could come out in november of 2020 so that's you know you never know they don't have really a date um so that you know leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth it's almost like they're just putting out the um the um the samples of these and letting people try out the samples but there's been a few tech reviews of them online people have looked at them and they they just operate a little bit differently than the um than the than the adapt bb the engine is actually on top of the shoe it's on where the laces would go and the laces see it appears that the laces pull into the engine at the top as opposed to having the laces go over the the top of your midfoot and pull down into the engine at the bottom which is what we have with the hyper adapt and the adapt bb it looks like it uses the boa um, the BOA system or something very similar to the BOA system with the cords that they're using. It doesn't look like traditional laces. These are in all black, which is generally what they do with samples when they don't want people to know what shoes they're using. So that kind of also gives me the feel of a sample. And it has obviously a big box. They're wi- they charge wirelessly. They have LED lights on the front. The, the, uh, the user interaction is a little different. Instead of there being buttons on the shoe, you swipe up and down on a, on, I would say a controller. I think that's what you call that, a controller where the, that houses the engine. And um, they also have an app as well where you can do some things to tighten the shoes or loosen the shoes. But again, it's not mandated to be on the app. You can do it directly on the shoes as well. Um, so uh, I obviously think, all right, this is cool. This is, you know, all right. I love that people are, are out here. They're really getting after it. Um, so I, obviously I'm going to toss this to Tiffany. Uh, she is the resident expert in self-lacing technology. Um, so, you know, kind of, if you can, Tiff, give us, give us your thoughts, um, from the, the user interaction to, to the design, to, um, the, the decision really to put the, the engine on top as opposed to hiding the engine. Yeah. Um, Happy, happy to help. Happy to add input here. So, um, first of all, the launch date sometime in 2020. Hello, is this Game of Thrones? Is this Game of Thrones and shoes? Like, are we ever gonna see these things? I mean, that's all I have to say about the marketing. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. I really like the user interface where you pull up, you just swipe up on it, and you swipe down. 
Um, I am concerned. Like, I think that could be a really cool interface. I am concerned, though, like, um, it, it does say for lightweight running, so light running and gym kind of training workouts. So mm-hmm. I think the big difference you're going to find between the Adapt BB and this is the Adapt BB seems pretty serious performance, where this is like a light touch into performance, um, maybe even lighter than their, their last version which also came out around the time the Hyperadapt did. So I think it's fascinating that they're, they're kind of matching on some level what Nike's doing. I like, actually, I think from an um, from engineering perspective, being on the top, although it, it, I think it looks a little bit odd, but it's getting better. The visual's getting better. Mm-hmm. It, it is shorter to pull the laces, right? From underneath the foot, you have to pull them further under kind of where the lacing system would go, right? So... Mm-hmm. I think they are saving some space in their mechanism or motor because they are on top of the shoe, but I I doubt they're getting probably as good of a fit. Although until I try them, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think the boa lacing on it can be very effective. Um, it can also be very painful. You know, with a motorized system, you usually can go a little tighter than you can with laces or than you would with laces. So mm-hmm. with the thin cable. Without enough padding, that that could definitely be a concern. Um, and it also, it's it looks like it's a mesh upper. Um, yeah. So I'm curious of what kind of reinforcement in there. Wireless charging, it better be. I mean, at this day and age, it definitely should be. I didn't notice they talked about battery life or anything, though. I, I'd be curious to understand what that is and if they're doing any kind of auto auto adjustment or auto adapting of of any sort i would think they'd be kind of going after that Mm. price point i'm not surprised if i was them i probably would have put it no matter what less than nikes even (laughs) even if i couldn't make it for that just to you know it's a year year and a half to launch a lot of things can change so um yeah i think it's interesting you know i'm I'm glad they're out there i don't think it it's a serious competitor yet though but they do, they do have the backing of the MIT program, right? And how they're working with the design lab there. I, I think that would create some serious horsepower behind whatever Puma is doing. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I'm a fan of, you know, the Puma disc system. Like, I just always love that kind of weird stuff. So that's been around for a long time. And this just looks like a new version of it that's, you know, updated and obviously, you know, automated and... Um, I think that, you know, having the system on the top of the shoe just feels like there's a connection to their, you know, previously released disc system shoes. And, and, and my, you know, my thought is like, that's probably good for their marketing team, you know, to be able to kind of connect those dots. I do think it's super weird that they're sending it out and letting it, you know, go out so early when the shoe's not going to be ready for another year plus. Um, it, it does look like they have batteries underneath the insole, which, and, you know, it comes with like an extra charger, so you ha- you can have extra batteries, which is kind of interesting, but still, you know, you know, from a, you know, like just normal use, like the, the idea of like uh, having to stop and take your shoe off to put a new battery in is kind of weird. Um, but maybe something that, all of us are going to be doing in the future. It's just, you know, as, as these kind of technologies push forward. And I think it's awesome that they're, that they're at least moving 
at a similar pace as Nike. You know, we like we talked about before, I think it's going to be really hard for anybody to to compete with Nike. They they kind of already have the, the the you know, just not even not even just in footwear, right? Like they have like the the global recognition because of Back to the Future and um you know, anything that that anybody does with auto lacing is going to be instantly compared to that regardless of what it does or how it works or even you know it, it could be a completely different style and they're going to instantly take it and say well how does it compare to you know the hyper adapt and i think that's obviously like a great standard to put anything against so to me like the cool factor of this is of course it is <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um the cool factor to me on this is that it is a much at least from a you know from first glance it looks like it's a much smaller um slimmer fit which is kind of interesting because i'm curious to see if consumers uh, you know having the having the mechanism on the top of the shoe and having the shoe be a a, a more you know refined fit or or slimmer design makes it i'm curious like if people are going to care about that you know like are people going to want to show off that piece of technology and have the lights on the top of the shoe that sh- that show that they have the the latest and greatest kind of thing, or is it one of those things where we already know what we like shoes to look like, and as the you know like the the BB and the Hyper Adapter before it, like still have a very similar overall aesthetic to you know what we all are comfortable with as consumers. Yeah, it's yeah. go ahead, Tiffany. I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think time time will tell on that, you know, and sales. But clearly, like Nike proved there's a market for it. And Puma's been at the same in the same market, you know. So I, I always thought that, you know, Nike would forever own it because of Back to the Future. But I don't know, like it, if if that was the case, I don't think Puma would still be playing in this zone. I don't know. Yeah, they had that they had that first one in. I mean, something uh, obviously that's uh, different about this one is the is the removable battery. Mm-hmm. So you can charge them wirelessly through like the Qi charging system, or you can take the batteries out and charge them externally in an external charger, which um, I imagine would allow you to just put in different batteries. So if you had an extra set or whatever, you could just throw those in and. That's a unique angle, and I think you know I, Nike is obviously taking the Apple approach, where it's like nothing is removable. You get what we give you, and Puma is taking more of like the Android approach, where making it a little more customizable and allow you to do have a little more control over what's happening in the shoe, which is a pretty unique angle um, to me. I'm just I'm just amazed by everything that they're doing and how, you know, these two brands are almost competing in a space that hasn't been created yet, I guess, is what you would go, you would say it is. Yeah, um, that's true. And they're really setting up, you know, setting us up to see where things can go and what the future can be. It's it's exciting to me to, to see to see this happening and just the two different design languages and, you know, it's almost like, okay, so which one's going to win out? Is it the more the hidden approach or will consumers want to see 
the engine on top is that you know is is do they want it to be hidden or do they want people to know that they have something that's next level or something that's you know beyond the norm that's just that just i don't know yeah it, it tickles me yeah it gets me excited <laughs> yeah the battery part is really interesting to me because it does say it lasts five days including um for letting you cha- train and self-lace so they do have a self-lace feature on it so the battery is being replaceable. You know, that creates a mess and creates convenience at the same time, because mm. if they come out with new battery technology that maybe lasts longer and they fit it in the same cavity, great. You get a you get more battery, right? Right. But if the shoe, if you keep it longer than the battery life, you know, you, it can still live where the Nike version, you're going to have to replace that battery. And I'm sure people will do it on the side, you know, uh, take them apart and and replace the battery. But then on the Puma side, you also have contacts that a battery. So if sweat and um, dirt get into that battery cavity, uh, you're yeah. going to have a big problem. So there's pros and cons to both system. I think, you know, I, I think they both use Qi chargers. Is Nike's a Qi charger? Yeah, also? they use Qi as well. And the advantage to Qi is you lose the charger. You can still find other Qi chargers out there. So yeah. um, that's that's definitely a... A benefit for both too. It's gonna be exciting, Jacques. You do you have the Puma? Are you going after the Pumas? Are you gonna sh- Are you gonna review these? Yeah, I've been trying my best. I've been talking to all my Puma contacts, trying to get get a pair so I can unbox them on a the channel and really get a closer look. Uh, I have failed thus far, but uh, they won't stop me. I'm gonna continue <laughs> trying. I, 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 no, seriously, I really, I'm really excited about these and I want to get my hands on them. And I just think I think it's something that the consumer should should see i think a lot of you know from if if puma's going to be successful it needs to go beyond the tech tech yeah. space and i think they've been really focused on the tech space with these uh i think i first saw it on engadget or something like that so uh i'm looking for them definitely to to expand and to, and to open it up um but with that being said there are three hot topics uh nick i'm going to go ahead and throw this one to you uh, and let you talk about some of the hot topics that they have here, um, which because I, I feel like I've been talking a lot <laughs> during the show. So <laughs> I'm going to let you jump into the three topics and, uh, and you know, get us get us started. What are the three hot trends that are happening in sneakers? So I think, uh, you know, we're looking at a footwear news article and um, the, the, the first one that they have listed is innovation beyond comfort. And I think that's, you know, kind of looking at. Well, in a sense, what we're talking about today, right? Graphene, new materials, you know, auto lacing, all of these things that are, you know, more than just an updated version of Boost or an updated version of Air. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about on the show many, many times, but, um, you know, Tiffany, you touched on it a bit ago, like the sustainability thing and, and wondering where things are going to go to that are going to be better for the environment. Um, and, and to me, like that's just such a, such an important piece. Right. And I think I've learned so much talking to you about it, you know, just in that, you know, there are a lot of, um, there's just a, a missing thought process for consumers because people don't think about beyond right now right like i I, you know until we started talking about this i never you know like i consider myself 
um, you know, somewhat of a of a aware person when it comes to you know like thinking about um, being friendly to the environment and you know recycling and buying things that are friendly and and trying to like do my part to make the world <laughs> last longer. But one thing that you brought up um, earlier today and you've brought up consistently is the the recycling aspect of shoes. I'm curious, I guess since this is you know one of the topics, what do you think is the when do you think the cons, like there'll be a consumer facing piece that talks about the afterlife of footwear? Oh. Well, that's a great question. Um, and maybe we can go into it on in depth on another either. episode or something if we need to, but uh, it's something that you've been put in my yeah. mind and I, I just constantly think about now when I'm looking at shoes to buy even. Yeah, and I mean, to be clear, all this great tech in shoes is the complete opposite. The more electronics you put in, the worse off you are environmentally, right? Because electronics use metals and yeah. things that um, are actually we shouldn't be using from the environment. I mean, shouldn't is a strong word, but um, we should be cautious with using up our natural resources and things like that. Um, so, I mean, I think it's becoming more and more aware. And I think until a brand, a footwear brand does it really, really well, which I think Allbirds gained all that attention and Allbirds is at the forefront of shoes and they're such a tiny, small brand. Right. And they do casual wear shoes, but they, told a really good story and it's on the front end and now it's on the back end they're talking about recycling more so until a brand does it really really well and i i kind of expect them to do it um i think i think it'll always be in the back of people's minds um same thing about like you know you know when cans started to be recycled mm -hmm. you know you could you could take your cans in and you got money for them like, yeah it wasn't that you were recycling yeah the reason that people brought their cans, it was because they got money. It was because they got money. You know, like, yeah. it's not, unfortunately, we're not motivated by saving the environment because we don't directly see the impacts necessarily uh, all the time. So in the, in the shoe world, like, unless you roll past a um, landfill and you see shoes all over the place, I mean, I don't think you're going to think twice about your shoes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they just shove off all their shoes to Goodwill. Um, even yep. the bad ones and then goodwill has yep. to deal with it Damn and figure out, Oh, can we clean these up or not? So yeah. I think it's a complicated topic that the more we talk about it and the more other people talk about it, it will get resolved faster. So uh, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Cause I do plan to keep talking. About Me too. It. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, I think this is something that we can actually dig into a lot more, but audience, unfortunately, we've come up against our time for the show today. So we're going to table this one for today because we definitely have, we want to talk about this a lot more. We want to talk about the innovation that goes beyond just comfort. We want to talk about sustainability, which is obviously a big thing when it comes to sneakers and, and just when everything in general. Um, we, this, this is a conversation that can go beyond sneakers. And also, we just want to talk to you about your loyalty to brands and how does your brand loyalty affect your buying decision and things like that? Because uh, I know it affects mine and uh, it influences me in a way that, you know, I'm not necessarily comfortable with. But I know it's something that I need to deal with on my own. And I'd love to hear from the audience as well. But again, we'll push all that to next week. So make sure you guys come back next week because we definitely want to dig into this. And we definitely want to hear from you guys about it as well. 
Uh, I am Jock Slade. This is what we call the Outside the Box podcast. You can find us at Outside Pods all over the internet. Uh, that's on Twitter, Instagram. We're not on TikTok yet, but we're working. We're going to find a, a young teenager to let us know exactly what TikTok is at first uh, so we have a better understanding. Um, we're not on Snapchat either just because we're obviously not cool enough to be on Snapchat, but we're working on that. We're working on it. We're working on our cool points, people. Um, you can find me at Cousteau all over the Internet. That's K-U-S-T-O-O. But as always, that would be a total waste of your time. Uh, really, if you want to follow some insightful, thoughtful, genuinely super smart, intelligent, and great people, make sure you follow Nick and Tiffany. Nick, tell them where they can find you. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Nick Engvall, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L on all platforms, and also at Sneaker History on all platforms. Um, but I, uh, I, I digress. I, I'm really just here to learn from Tiffany, like... You know, and I'm looking forward to next week's episode. So, Tiffany, go ahead and let them know how they can find you. Uh, Tiffany Beers on all of the internets, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Poshmark, you know. Oh. Everywhere where Jacques is, you'll find me. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not, I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, Tiffany. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, look, people. Um... We started this show with relationship and uh, <laughs> advice about, you know, uh, jobs and, you know, being focused on your future. That's kind of what we do here. So feel free to send us your request, uh, your questions. We're here to make your life better. Uh, so, again, leave your family. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, guys, <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you for listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you can find the podcast. We appreciate you listening. I am Jock Slay. That's Nick. That's Tiffany. This is the Outside the Box podcast. Again, outside pods everywhere on the internet. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you soon. Peace.